success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible, and we have an invincible one to introduce you to today, Allie Stone, with over 15 years of experience in the hospitality industry, has been a key player in developing 12 successful businesses and teams. While leading a multi-unit restaurant franchise, she honed a deep understanding of what it means to lead through connection. She became obsessed with creating extraordinary work cultures and helping women achieve success in their careers and in their lives. In 2020, Allie founded the Inspired Leader and has since worked with hundreds of female leaders and entrepreneurs, earning her the 2022 Transformational Leader Award from the Universal Women's Network for her commitment to helping women rise. Beyond her leadership expertise, Allie is a certified meditation teacher, a heart math resilience mentor, and an ICF certified coach currently pursuing her master's designation. When she's not busy helping others thrive, you can find Allie staying active and enjoying yoga, biking, hiking, and spending quality time with her husband and her two canine companions. Oh my gosh, Allie Stone, welcome to She's Invincible. We are so excited to have you with us today. Thanks, Cammie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm just giggling listening to you like say all that. I'm like, oh, I've been through a lot in the last <laughs> yes. Oh. Like, is she talking about me? Yes, girl. I am talking about you. Um, it's like, those are the pinch me moments. Mm-hmm. I say that to people. Like, if you don't feel great about yourself, go write a resume, go write a bio. <laughs> like yeah. you, we forget how great we are. And it is just an honor to bring you here today to share with you, uh, just all to share you with our community, with all of our listeners Oh my gosh, what a work you're doing to help women in the world. Wow. Uh, it just fills my heart. How fun. Oh, so let's do this. Okay. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Sure, that sounds good. Well, that could be a long or a short story. So I'll put <laughs> it somewhere in the middle for you. Okay, super. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, you mentioned that I started the Inspired Leader in 2020. I that is not something I the place I met in my life is not somewhere I ever thought I would be, which is so interesting how we go through these evolutions in our lives. And so Previously, my previous career, as you mentioned, was in hospitality. It was in restaurants. I'm in Western Canada. And I was part of a restaurant franchise and uh, got in really young with my husband. Uh, We were partners uh, together. We were co-directors of this organization. And 
it was an incredible experience. And uh, we got in on a really young franchise. And so it just, it took off. It grew. So within a year, uh, we were opening multiple locations. You know, my husband was traveling all over Alberta. Uh, it just got really wild, really quick and really real. <laughs> we had to learn how to be business people, right? I mean, we were just young pups at this time. And so it was a really interesting adventure because at least in Canada, the, you know, the hospitality industry has often been known for long, you know, work hours, maybe unfair work practices, unfair pay, not great treatment of people. And so I was like, I don't want to do that. You know, like, I'm not sure if this is the industry I want to be a part of because I don't want to be thought of as that kind of leader. And so we set out on a mission to do it different. And so we spent 14 years building this massive organization in a way that we focused on culture, on our team, on our connection with people. And it was just, Cami, it was incredible. I was completely aligned. I was living my purpose. And I was just, you know, just in this beautiful state, this beautiful place every day and so happy. And, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like what people just imagine they dream of that life. Right. Yes. And I felt so grateful too. I recognized, like I knew lots of people didn't have that kind of career, that kind of life and having, you know, my husband as a business partner and us working so well together. I mean, there wasn't like, there wasn't moments, but (laughs) we all have moments. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, we always came together. We always figured it out and we were always working towards this greater good. So it was beautiful. Then in 2018, we went to Tokyo, Japan. So a little bit of the backstory is my husband became a competitive marathon runner over these years. And we started traveling all over the world. We were in Boston seven times, you know, like New York, Chicago, Amsterdam, you name it. He's run a marathon everywhere. And so we were doing all of this traveling and he decided he wanted to run all of the world major marathons, Tokyo being one of them. So in February of 2018, we headed over there so he could run that marathon. And when we were there, he got sick. So something happened. It's never actually really been diagnosed or confirmed, but essentially what they think happened was he contracted a virus that got into his spinal cord, into his brain and caused swelling. And so when we got to Japan, I knew something was wrong. He was kind it was almost a little bit neurological, like he was kind of repeating things. And and I remember kind of asking him about it, but he didn't feel anything was wrong. So I just kind of let it go. And I was like, I don't know, maybe he's just tired, whatever, right? You know? Yeah. We're in Tokyo, right? <laughs> it's a long ways away. <laughs> upside down right yeah yeah and it's just like you're totally out of place right so I'm like you've probably got jet lag all of these things and so it's the night after the marathon and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm freezing cold freezing cold and I realize I'm soaking wet and I'm like my heart starts pumping I'm like oh my god like what's wrong with me And I put my hand down and realize it's not me. It's my husband. And the bed is completely soaked. And he's essentially in a coma. I can't wake him up. And so that was kind of the start of that journey. Now, by the time I got him to the hospital, he came to, he was conscious, but he had changed neurologically. So whatever had happened um, had taken away his memory. So still to this day, it's six years in this February since this happened. Um, he lost his short-term memory as a pretty spotty long-term memory. And it just really, it rendered him unable to work. And so he never went back. And so 
I go from this place and him and I both go from this place where we're living this dream. We're in our purpose. We're in our passion. We're aligned. Our life just, it's like an eruption, right? It's like an earthquake in the middle of the road and it's just completely broken and there's no way back. And so it's, it's this transitionary phase now. So I get home and he's quite ill. So, you know, I, I can't even imagine. And I was there, what it would be to feel like to wake up every day and not know what happened. Right. Yeah. Um, He often jokes about it now. And he's like, it's kind of like the 51st dates movie. And I'm like, I know it kind of is. And they make it really cute with Drew Barrymore, but it's actually not cute. Right. Like it's actually when you wake up every day. Yeah. And um, so I take care of him for two months. And after two months, I start to say, oh, like I, I'm going to have to get back to the organization. Like at some point, I'm going to have to get back to work. And I think because we had spent so much time developing this culture and taking care of these people, we had a lot of goodwill with them. Um, I remember when we got back, you know, we kind of kept it on the download because I didn't really know what to tell people. I didn't like I was like, yeah. I don't know what's going on right now. Um, but people in the organization, so we had about 350 team members. They started to kind of catch wind that we were home and that Chris wasn't well and something had happened. And it started with like a knock on the door and I go to the door and there would be like a fresh baked pie or a loaf of bread or uh, a letter sign from the team in a store or a bottle of wine or flowers or whatever. And this went on and on and on. It was incredible, Cammy. until one day I opened the door and there was three months of freezer meals packed on our doorstep. Oh my and like this actually makes me want to cry because I remember I was so stressed out at that time. I didn't even know how to feed us. Like it was just so much in our lives. And the fact that people would get together and do something like this. And this all came through the organization. This was all people that worked with us that just cared and wanted to find ways to support. So it was incredible. And so then I started to say, I have to get back to these people. <laughs> like I have yeah. to get back. They need me. <laughs> yeah. And Chris isn't coming back. And so I got to figure out what this looks like. And so I went back to work and, and as I recall, it was only about two weeks <laughs> and it was, it was hard. I felt like every day I got up, you know, you're like grinding. I talk about the gross crawl up the hill now. <laughs> yes. Claws are in and you're like, Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> And I was like, why, why am I feeling this way? Like I get that there's so much happening in my life, but where did this misalignment come from? Cause I loved this before. And you know, it was because of everything that was going on in my life. And obviously I hadn't dealt with everything that happened, but after two weeks of going in, I went in to run our senior team leadership meeting and I went to get out of the car at the office. So I put my hand on the door and I couldn't get out. And I just sat there and I was like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? And I could feel my heart beating and I could feel the stress in my body. And I just started crying. And I think that was the first time I really cried, you know, because mm, you probably needed it. Like, let the girl cry. Come back for her mm. later. Right. Because everything oh. was everything was survival. It was. Well, and you had to be the tough one. You had to be you had to take it all. The business, the health, the, the helping him, that's yeah. the caregiver. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy. Right. Like looking back, I think, holy, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Right. Like it was pretty intense, everything that happened. Right. And I've never had a moment like that where I was kind of paralyzed physically. It was a very strange experience for me. I've never had one since. And I, I just sat there and I thought I can't go in. Like, this is really crazy. I don't think I'm going to be able to emotionally compose myself, which is wild in the leadership role that I was in and, and, and the things that I have been teaching people all these years. And 
my leadership style doesn't encompass not encompass vulnerability for sure but there is a piece to like showing up for your people and I was like I can't do this and so I remember I picked up my phone and I called inside to one of my peers and I said hey <laughs> just sitting out here in the parking lot <laughs> and talk to me and so he came out and I remember he was like oh dear god <laughs> I have just found this woman in total distress and he was just the one who answered the phone. Right. <laughs> right? And I, I just said to him, I was like, you know, I just, he was so gracious and so kind. And I said, I just, I don't think I can do this. And he said, that's okay. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, that like, it's okay. And I had never thought for one moment since all of this had happened with my husband, that it might be okay that I wasn't okay. You know? He, he was the one that was sick. He was the one that lost his life. He was the one that was facing all of these challenges. I didn't think I had any right to not be okay. And that I had to push on through. And so that was a major turning point for me in my life that day. And did it turn right there on a dime? No, <laughs> but it was looking back like that was so pivotal to just be able to be like, it's okay. It's okay. If you're not okay. And it needs to be okay if any of us aren't okay. And we need to figure out ways to work with that, right? Yeah, you need to create that environment. I think that's a good, you know, rule of thumb for all leaders is to create an environment where it's okay to not be okay. Because I, we could save a lot of people that way. Yeah. So then what happened? So, yeah. So then I I didn't go to work. <laughs> He handled the meeting, which was amazing of him. He, I don't even know if he'd ever ran the meeting before with the senior leadership team. And I was just like, I just have to go. And so I started to head home and I realized that wasn't where I, I, my heart needed to be because if I went home, I was taking care of my husband again. So I actually went to my sister's. I slept for nine hours. I, re I realized that I hadn't even been sleeping. So part of the experience of the memory loss for my husband that he was was that he was waking up every like 20 minutes and tapping me on the shoulder and being like where are we what happened what's going on why don't I remember this what happened yesterday so it's just this perpetual cycle of months that I like hadn't even slept and so just allowing myself some space to breathe and to just be was so powerful and I remember I woke up on her couch it was a little after dinner time and I sat there and I remember sitting there with like my head in my hands and I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? Like, if I don't figure this out, I'm not going to make it. Chris isn't going to make it. This organization is going to fall apart. Like, I don't even, and I don't even know where to start. And so I remember I just kind of closed my eyes and I took a couple deep breaths. And in those breaths, I started to feel better because I was living like high fight or flight. Like my nervous system was on complete overload. And it was like just in a moment's breath, it, which is so wild. Again, it was nothing yeah. I was ever connected to before. And so I said, oh my gosh, like maybe there's something here. Like I have to start finding space and slowing down and giving myself this time. And so I went on this crazy journey. <laughs> me it was pretty wild um I first I first went after meditation so I said okay well there was something in this breath there's something in recalibrating my nervous system that I need to figure out because if I as a as a woman and as a leader don't figure out how to work with my nervous system I'm not going to make it through this I know I'm not I'm going to have a heart attack I'm going to get sick something's going to happen I'm going to cause disease in my body it's so obvious right now like I've 
it was like, I was walking around like this, you know, my shoulders up in my my ears and right. And it was just, it was just, and it was just too much. And it's too much for any human. Like I, again, I just wouldn't wish it on anybody. And so I, I took that training and in that training was really beautiful. And I learned to connect with that space inside of myself. Um, But it was a really spiritual training. And Mm. so I left it going, okay, but I'm a leader. (laughs) What's the real science behind this? What's the why? Like, I want to understand more. And so that was where I became a heart math resilience mentor. And so what I found with heart math was that it was a group of scientists that created this kind of method. And it's not meditation, it's more mindfulness. And it's this opportunity of working with our nervous system and getting our hearts and our minds to work together. Because often our hearts and minds are fighting each other. And the truth of it all (laughs) is that the heart is the deepest knowing. It's who we are authentically. Um, You know, our hearts, our hearts energy field is actually 5,000 times stronger than our brains, as I've learned. Mm, I bet. Yeah. As humans, we shut it down because we think our logical brain is, is what rules and governs our life. And so people who you see who, like my career before, were living in their flow and their purpose and their passion, or they're doing that in their life, they're connected with their heart. There's no question. I know that now and I can see it a mile away. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a big part of the journey for me too. And it just, it was just like baby steps along the way. And I started to find myself again. So it was all self-discovery. Um, you know, I look back now and I say I was leading myself. Mm. The organization was running, I was showing up, but I wasn't connected to it yet. I was really struggling because I just had completely lost touch with who I was. Everything in my life had shifted. My values had shifted. The way I wanted to show up was all different, right? And I wasn't clear about what that was. And it's really hard to get that clarity if you don't slow down, as I'm sure you are well (laughs) well aware too. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. What? Wow. What a story. So uh, tell us the end of the story. So you started this, um, your new business, right? And what happened with the hospitality organization? Yeah. And so that was an interesting thing too, because I said to myself at one point, maybe I need to leave. And then I said, well, I can't just leave. Like, I can't just leave these people. I have so, even though I'm not feeling the connection, I love them. <laughs> like they yes. were, I was said, these people are my family. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I need to figure out what this looks like for me. And so in that, that shifting and that self-discovery, I started to lead in a different way. I started to look at development in a different way. I started to show up as a leader differently in the organization and it shifted everything. And not only for me, but for the people in the organization, I think they they found themselves more capable of stepping into leadership roles. They saw more potential within themselves. I became a coach. All of these things started happening and I saw these massive shifts. And so I was aware that the transition probably needed to happen because my life had just shifted so much. And so I found um, a new director of the organization. I had been coaching and mentoring her for 10 years prior. <laughs> so she was uh, she was a perfect fit for it. And I mentored her for 18 months. And I said, even if this doesn't work out in 18 months, I'm not going to leave. Like this is, I'm not leaving this organization in a bad place. And uh, anyway, she's amazing. She's been there for a year now. And I've been out on my own, completely on my own with the Inspired Leader for a year uh, at this point. And uh, yeah, the transition... It was tough. It was hard to leave it all behind, even though the connection piece was hard for me. 
Um, but I look now and I see it's interesting as leaders, sometimes we have a hard time letting go of what we've built, <laughs> but the oh, evolution that's happening is so beautiful. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get so excited when I see what they're doing. So, um, yeah, so I'm so grateful for that transition and that ability to step into what I call this next chapter in my life. And yeah, yeah. Amazing. You know, and it's the, the problem that lies there is that you have to give up the good to get the great. Mm -hmm. And yet it's so hard. I remember actually going through something like that. And I kept on taking on new things and not letting anything go because I wasn't sure. And I wasn't ready. And I, but it will kill you. Like you have to, you have to make the transition and as scary as it is, once you do it, you're back to the bliss again, right? Like that's when all the great things come flowing. And yet that, why do we hold on? So I love that you're doing this. Um, and especially for women, because I we tend to be more emotional. So we, you know, a lot of men are just like, boom, they're done and they cut it. Right. And we're like, no, <laughs> we're holding on. So I know this sounds like a silly question after all of that, but what makes you invincible? <laughs> oh, that's not a silly question. <laughs> It's just um, like the journey itself is, you know, like, oh, you have more questions about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I so at this point, I mean, I think for me, being invincible or this idea of being invincible as a woman is this continual up leveling. It's this ability to say, I'm going to lean into what's happening. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to keep leading myself through all of the transitions in my life. And I'm going to show up for what the world has in store for me. And I think for me, like if I was to think about it, that's what that's what invincible is. It's like, it's not that things aren't going to knock me down sometimes. It's not that things aren't going to be hard, um, but it's like the ability to just keep showing up. And I think it's really beautiful when you see women do that in the world. And I find it really inspiring. So. Oh, I love that. And that's really what it was all created around was, you know, getting knocked down and getting back up, right? Like, it's okay to get knocked down. It's actually good sometimes, right? Because it's like it redirects you to where you really should be. And sometimes it takes that falling to the ground to actually come to and say, oh, maybe I should be doing something different. And, you know, it's unfortunate that you have to take that long, painful journey. Uh, but man, the rewards when you finally get it right, that it is amazing. Right. And I love you just kind of walked us into what we're talking about here today. And that is the importance of self-care for women. So like, let's just roll right into that because you know that more now than ever. Right. Yeah. And so, and what happened to you, like as, as rare as that is, it's very common, right? Uh, it it can happen to anyone. And we all think, you know, that it won't happen to us, but you know, we don't we don't want to break the news, right? But so I mean, like, how do you even get in front of that? You know, like I think that's part of it is, you know, taking care of yourself, self-care, but like, how do you keep yourself in a position, you know, uh grounded and, you know, ready for when these things do come? How can we handle that better? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good question because that's not an easy thing to do. Um, I think from my own experience, and so I'm sure a lot of people are like me, it's like hoop hits the fan and then it's like, oh my gosh, now I gotta take care of myself, right? Yeah. Um 
But looking back, had I engaged in some of this work prior, I think the muscle memory would have been there. I think the transitions might have been a little easier. And so that's something I always talk about is that if you find something coming into your world, into your universe that's showing up and saying, hey, like find ways to take space for yourself or these these women's retreats or whatever, engage in them. Engage in them when nothing is wrong. (laughs) Engage in them when things are good. Go have fun and explore and play before you have to work. Because when you have to put the work in, it's hard. And we have to find ways to get committed to it. And so if we can experience it first as play, our mind has a totally different association to what it means to put this work in to take care of ourselves. Now, if you're in a place like I was, you know, going back to work and having a complete break, like for lack of better words, a complete mental breakdown, um, it's now work. It's now your work and you need to figure out what that looks like for you. And so that process can be a little harder. Can you still do it? Absolutely. Um, but but it's more challenging, right? Because you're in a different mindset and a different place. And so I will say like, and we live in such a beautiful time to be alive right now. Like these things are all around us. There are so yeah. many opportunities all of the time to engage this way. And it's been one of my focuses. Um, I think it's gonna be my big focus of 2024 is to like, find ways to blend this idea of leadership for women, this idea of development and wellness. Because Mm -hmm. I think when we access both, we create a full circle experience for ourselves. We are more connected to who we are. Uh, We're more prepared to handle the challenges. We we're more successful. We're probably more aligned with our purpose. We could probably do more or achieve more because we're more balanced. Right. So I think we have more clarity. We can make big decisions. Right. Like when you were used to making big decisions with your husband and then you had to make them on your own. Like that's scary. Right. You can't you can't consult him. He can't be a participant. And now it's on you. I feel like self-care is like vitamins. We take vitamins every day and we don't really need them, but you know, they help us feel better and they give us strength. And I feel like self-care is one of those things that, you know, you, you do it because one day you're going to need to call in on that. Right. It's like calling in a favor. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) what's that? Drink out of that well, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's like that depositing, right? We're yeah. depositing and and sometimes we have to withdraw and we, we need to have something there. So what are some of the ways that you recommend or even we could go deeper into like, what did you do uh, to help yourself in that time? Because that had to be such the scariest time for you. You had a lot on your shoulders. You know, while it's really fun to work with your husband, uh, when things hit the fan like that, well, what that means what? You're both out of work, right? Um, yeah, so what, what would you say were some of the things that really helped you pull it back together? Yeah, um, yeah, I just wanna highlight what you just said there because my husband had, lost his job. And so now I was the only one bringing in income. And so there was this insane amount of pressure to take care of us. And I wasn't, I wasn't thriving. Right. Um, I will tell you, Cammie, that it was a slow process (laughs) for sure. I think there was a lot of like discovery and moving around with it. As I, as I already mentioned, the meditation teacher training, the heart math, and then building on those practices. So I started to bring those practices into my everyday. So I started to wake up in the morning 
and I would get up before my husband and with the brain injury, he actually needed to sleep more. So it was good. It gave me more time in the morning, kind of alone. And I would get up and I started like meditating every morning for 15 minutes uh, with my old dog, Denver at the time. And we used to like, he was all old and crotchety and he used to like lay on me and it was like a favorite part of the day. And this 15 minutes, I felt so incredible after. And some days I woke up and I was like, this is the last thing I should I be doing do right now. <laughs> yeah, or should be doing. And but anyway, I forced myself to do it. I did it for an entire year. Now, prior to this happening to my husband, I wouldn't say I was this disciplined. <laughs> he was the marathon runner. I was like, yeah, I'll just I'll come and cheer you on. <laughs> yeah. But having this discipline to take care of myself was a really big game changer. And so then over time, I started integrating exercise. I found exercise was really good for my mental health. It just helped the way I was thinking about myself. It wasn't about weight loss or anything like that, but it was just about moving energy through my body. Um, I did a lot of journaling throughout the years. And then I went, I went, as I mentioned, I like the opportunity. I went to like a lot of retreats and different things and different events and tried to connect with other healers or women or people who were like in this space somehow and tried to learn, uh, learn from them. And so this crazy evolution happened with all of that, where I got to a place that I started teaching these things and not out of my desire to teach out of other people who knew me or were working with me coming to me and saying, what's the shift? Like, Mm -hmm. how can we calm now? (laughs) What's happened? (laughs) Like, right. And so that was really interesting for me because then a light bulb went off and I was like, oh, it's working. Because I don't really know if I knew if it was working, but I was just like, I need something to hold on to because this has been so bad. And I was so petrified. To go back to where I was, right? That's interesting because you know it sustained you, and yet you didn't. You didn't really know it kept you in the game, and yet you didn't notice. But everyone else noticed. Like you're different, which is so interesting that you had that much of a shift and didn't really even know it. But that shows how unaware we are when we're in crisis mode, right? So when we're in that fear mode, like. Yeah. And, and your brain plays tricks on you, doesn't it? Like it will keep you there. And meanwhile, you're working your way out of it, but your brain still has you there, but everyone else sees it like, Oh no, girl, you're looking good. You got this. (laughs) You're like, who are you talking to? Oh my gosh. So now you work with clients, right? In the inspired leader and they're women mostly. Yes. And so are what, who who are they? What is like what is like the common theme that brings them to you where you're able to help them? I think the first attraction is the business acumen and experience. Women come to me and they're like, oh, I'd really like to, you know, take my business to the next level or I'd like to get a promotion at work or whatever. And then we start talking and we really unearth the potential to completely create balance in their life and to create this synergy and this harmony. And so um, I think there's this really beautiful experience that happens, but generally it's like, yeah, it's a female leader or entrepreneur who who's driven. Right. And mm-hmm. part of that being driven is that they're probably not taking care of themselves. A hundred percent. I was <laughs> thinking we get driven into right into the gutter. Right. Be- because <laughs> yeah. we, we yeah. do that last, right? Like every, what, if you're married, if you have kids, if whatever your job, like we come last and that's not good. No. 
And yeah. I always say, what's the precursor? So if you keep going the way you are going right now, what will your life look like in a year? What will your life look like in two years? What will your life look like in five years? Because I will tell you what mine was going to look like was not going to be good. And what it looks like now is incredible, but that was a choice, right? And so, um, yeah, I just really try to help them see. And I also believe that when we slow down a little bit, more comes in, as you were saying already, but I think more creativity comes in. We lead in different ways. We show up differently for our businesses. Everything evolves and becomes more successful when we find place or find ways to care for ourselves first so that we have more to give. And, you know, just hearing you say it, I feel it like it's that your shoulders drop a little bit and you're just not so tense. And you're like, oh, that is like a dream come true. Right. That you could still do what you do. Right. It's not like you're giving things to other people. You're still doing what you do, but you're doing you first. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No more running on empty with the inspired leaders. Right. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. So tell us more. What else do we need to know about this? Well, I was just going to say this, this idea of inspired leadership is really important. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording as this love is a business strategy kind of idea. Um, I call it inspired leadership and I call it this, this, this idea of bringing humanity back to business, you know, Mm -hmm. We all started, you started your business because you were passionate about something, because there was something you were excited about. Now, often what happens to us is is at some point we get overwhelmed, we get overloaded, we lose connection with what that is. And then we start to think, oh, like, why am I doing this? (laughs) Maybe I should move on, right? It's not an uncommon thought. And so, you know, so much of my work is helping us uncover that connection to that core meaning or that core why of why we started what we're doing. And if at some point that doesn't resonate for for you, fine, but we're going to understand that before we move on. We're not just going to move on, right? Yeah. There's so much possibility and potential that exists around this connection. So we talk a lot about, you know, I'm in this leadership development world and people are always like, what's the strategy? What's the thing? Yes, 100%. I agree. But there's also a route to this. And if we're not Mm -hmm. connected to our purpose, to our why, why we started what we're doing, the strategy really doesn't mean anything because but it's just, not effective, right? Yeah. yeah we're clawing. <laughs> yeah, like, again. If they can't see you. We are clawing our way to the finish line, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Allie. So it's that so is, important. it's so, um, it's just so visual, you know, and the, but you actually feel it. Like I'm actually feeling right now, the things that you're saying, uh, which is interesting to me, but so, Oh my gosh. So now how do people like, how are they transforming? Do you do like a group program or do you do one-on-one? Well, how are you working with people to make this transformation? So I'm currently working one-on-one with women, um, but I have my sights set on uh, like a women mid to senior level mastermind group. Um, I work with CEO forum groups right now, and they are predominantly male. There's maybe one woman in that group. And I recognize that there's something missing in the world to bring women leaders together in a support circle. And so that's my vision. (laughs) And uh, I will do it because I'm a visionary. 
finisher person. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think, man, I would have loved that when I was a director. I would have ate that up. I would have been in every meeting and I would have loved that so much. And so that's an opportunity that I plan to provide um, in the next year. And then I also am working to build like a big conference here in Edmonton. So it's local, but uh, I want to bring women together under this umbrella of developing themselves and connecting with this wellness piece in, in a two day summit here in the I city and see how that goes. So uh, yeah, so there's lots of different ways. Um, but yeah, mostly individually right now. I love it. That's amazing. And I love your vision, right? For this coming year. And, and as you're stepping into the next level for you and for your business and for your clients, that is so amazing. So give us an update on the husband. Tell us about your husband. How's that going? So, and I, are you working from home now? So it, are you running this business from home? So that was such a blessing as well, right? To have a business where you didn't have to show up. You didn't have to get out of the car when you couldn't. And boy, kudos to the guy who answered the phone and told you it was okay. Right. Like he changed your whole life. I've thanked him multiple times. And I, at this point, he's like, I don't even really remember what I did. I know. And that isn't that the biggest, that that is the biggest thing because I think people think they have to do something huge to make a difference. Mm -hmm. This guy doesn't even remember what he did. And yet look at your life today and how transformed and, it just changed everything. Total plot twist. And uh, and he doesn't even remember. And I, I think that's like something we really want to hold on to today in this conversation is it, it doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't have to be huge or perfect. Just do something. Right. Just and do just something. Authentically, right. And you say that show just show up. Right. So, OK, so update us on your husband. Yeah. So, uh, so husband Chris is, is still in the same condition. So we've never really found, um, we've never been diagnosed. We've never found out what happened. So he still has the short-term memory loss. Um, and it's been a journey for him for sure. It's been a journey to find who he is and how, uh, what his new life looks like, right? It's kind of like having the rug pulled right up. Well, for both of us, but especially him, the rug pulled right under underneath from him. One really interesting thing, Cammy, that I want to share, and if anybody has any like neurodiversity in their family or whatever, or with them, they might see this. But with something like that, that shifts your brain, you have to learn to think differently. And so my husband has started writing a book about his experience, and he spent the last year writing it. And it's like, incredible. He sends me a chapter, he'll email me a chapter, he'll be like, here, check this out. And of course it needs edits and whatever, but that's why you hire an editor. He's telling this story, this beautiful story of him running the Tokyo Marathon kind of step-by-step and then sharing a piece of his life or his heart in that chapter. And it's just, I don't think he had the capacity to do that before all of this happened. And the second thing that happened is he's turned into a total artist. Like he can draw and like do all like amazing, amazing sketches. And I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) So it's so interesting. So I think he's finding his way, you know, like it's going to look different for both of us. Um, Life is never going to look the same again. It's been a long process to acceptance for both of us. Um, But yeah, I, I feel hopeful about the future right now. I feel like I feel like there are brighter clouds coming, especially his way. I feel like I've been through my evolution and I'm in a really good place, but 
it's a lot to let go of for a human being. And, and I really, I really honor that for him and just try to hold space for that. Mm. That is amazing. Now, and I wanted to ask you this, his injuries now, or is it just the neurological? Um, is, so it's the, the thinking and processing. Is he able to run or do like, yeah, so he's able to do those things that he loved and move his body. It's just he's not remembering things and thinking clearly. Wow, that is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty wild, right? It's a miracle. The kind of cards we're going to get dealt in life. And so you know, all this whole, if we were to circle this whole conversation around, it's like, you know, it's not if something bad's going to happen, it's probably when, and that's an unfortunate thing to say, but it's reality. And then it's like, what are we going to do with that when that does happen? Right? Obviously, we have to grieve, we have to accept, we have to go through the whole process. But once we go through that, what are the choices we're going to make in our lives? Right? Because life usually isn't over. Right. So, you know, there's still obviously for most of us life left to live. And and what what kind of choices do you want to make in that? I think it's a really important reflection to have personally. I believe that, too. I totally agree. And I think also that we don't want to live in the fear of things happening, but we also don't want to be so naive that we're not prepared. We have to kind of live in the joy of life. And yet, also have a plan, uh, a responsible plan to say any of these things can happen to any of us. And if they should happen, what will we do? And I think like your story is that wake up call to say, get a plan. Think about it before you need it. Again, self-care before you need it, right? That, like fill yourself up before you're drained. Uh, and and it is, I think that it's such a beautiful thing that you're working with women because we are the sufferers of those, that that very thing of running on empty. We're running like zombies, like, and, and we're never done. And, um, and that is very hard. Um, any other things you want to share around this? Any tips that, you know, you could give to people that might be going through this or tips to prepare other than, you know, the things you talked about, how you got through it? Yeah, I think the only thing that's coming to mind right now, Cami, as you say that is like, if you're listening to this, if your life is in flux, if you are in a major transition in your life, something major has happened to you or somebody that you love know that everything is in flux. Like life is always changing. It's in a constant state of change. It may not feel like that right now. And there might be a lot of peaks and valleys in that change, but we do evolve and things do change and where you're at right now isn't forever. So um, I think looking back, having some of those thoughts definitely helped me move through some of the really dark times, the really, the really dark times yeah. um, and find my way through. So um, yeah, I feel like a good friend said that to me and it's, I've kind of always held on to that. So that's great advice. That is really great, solid advice. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. <laughs> and thank you for sharing. Cause I know it's hard to talk about that. And a lot of this is very personal, you know, it's your marriage and your relationship and all of that. Um, but this is how we're going to help other people, right? We're going to empower other people, uh, because, thing bad things happen every day and i know you have um a freebie that you wanted oh, yeah. to share yeah so tell us about this inspired core values workbook yeah and so i just think it's relevant to the conversation i was a hundred percent for me when all of this happened my values changed what was important to me changed and so i actually think our core values will change throughout our lives as we evolve as we grow as changes come in 
And so this is a great thing just to revisit every year, every couple of years or after a major transition. And so what I've done is I've created a workbook with the Inspired Leader where it walks you through the entire process step by step. I think it's about a nine page document. So it's very thorough. There's nothing you need to come back on. It'll describe it all for you. But at the end, what happens is now you have clarity. Now you know what those um, those light standards are on the side of the street as you're walking down the dark street mm -hmm. and you can look for those and they can help you on this journey of life and they can help you align with who you are and how you want to show up. And so I just think it's a beautiful exercise and most of us don't do it enough. And so I thought it might be a really nice thing to share today with your listeners. Oh, well, I appreciate that so much. And I know they will too. And as they're listening, they can click the link in the show notes that will take them right to that workbook. So thank you so much for that, Allie. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So I think the best place to find me is the Inspired Leader website. So it's www.theinspiredleader.com. <laughs> Love it. And that also will be in the show notes. Anything we talk about on the show, we always put the links in the show notes so that you can just click and find this rock star alley. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com, as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, Consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at
So, you know, Allie, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners we are going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs. We are going to spotlight spotlight their zone of genius and share them with the world and give value. You've done all that so well. I thank you so much for equipping our listeners uh, for for what could come. Um, or, I mean, listen, and if they're lucky enough to escape these things, there's somebody they know or is close to them, they can use the same information to, to support them. But we're not done because on She's Invincible, we also promise our listeners that we're going to pull back the curtain and that we're going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly of the journey because. People look at you and think, oh, she's so beautiful. She's so sweet. She's so successful. They have no clue what you've been through. Everybody wants your success and nobody wants to pay the price, right? This is just a common theme. And so that's why we do this. And so we're going to share a few quick stories so that we can ask them at the end, do you really want my success? And are you willing to pay the price? They're all going to say no. Nobody <laughs> wants to go through what you went through, Allie. I'll just answer the question right now. Uh, no, it's a, a absolute no. But let's tell some stories of the journey so that people can appreciate what you've endured, how you've come out of it. I really feel that that helps them connect with you and allows you to be able to help support them. So we're going to start with the good. Tell us a story about the good or the greatest part of the journey. Yeah. Oh, man. I, well, definitely it's, it's the connection to myself. So I, while I still get lost, just like anybody else, I'm able to find my way back faster every time. And having the ability to connect with my heart, to with who I am, and to say, no, this is me. This is how I'm showing up as a woman is so empowering for me. Like it almost gives me shivers talking about it because I didn't have a voice when I was young. I didn't and so evolving to this place in my life is the greatest thing that ever could have happened to me. And I'm just so, yeah, honored and grateful to be where I am right now. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Now we're going to go to the bad. So we'll save the ugly for last, but okay. tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. Yeah. So the bad, I mean, like for me, I think it really is in navigating those challenges. It's And it's in this idea of showing up authentically because it's really hard to show up authentically when things suck. Yeah, <laughs> and you want to like scream and cry, right? And stomp yeah. your feet and throw things. Like you internally, you're losing your crap. And meanwhile, you have to show up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, I just think there was many days where I really was challenged. And again, this comes back to the good and what came out of it. But there was many days where I was just so challenged as to like how I could show up, what I would do, um, how I would like, yeah, how I would, how I would just continue on this journey. Because truthfully, Cammie, there were points like I was like, no, nope, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I give up. I'm not going to lead. I'm just going to. I'm just going to go work at <laughs> a, a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I can't. And that was really hard for me. And the fact that those thoughts even came into my mind really hurt my mental health and uh, my confidence in myself. And so navigating those challenges for me were, were pretty monumental, you know? Um, and I just think, you know, you're like, tell the stories. I'm like, oh man, there was like a challenge every day. There was a challenge every day when I woke up. There was a challenge to share with my husband what he needed to do for the day. There was a challenge to get to work. There was, and women face these things all of the time. And so it was this onslaught of never ending challenges for a solid four or five years of my life that, you know, were weighing me down. And it was, it was really, really hard. And so, you know, it was a lot in that self-care that I found ways to navigate those challenges, to get through them, to uh, recalibrate my nervous system at the end of the day when I was wound right up <laughs> and trying to find a place to yeah. settle back in to, to me because I wasn't living in my body. Right. Oh, so talk about an out-of-body experience. Oh, and that's so scary because you're kind of on the outside looking in. And that is frightening because that that part of it is showing you it's where the fear comes in. Like that, you know, if you're not in the motions anymore and you're out there like watching things happen. Oh, my gosh. Well, I love what you said about like the 15 minutes of meditation and the journaling and the exercise, you know, and like you said, it wasn't for weight. It was it was for it was for energy and hormones. Right. Because those happy hormones come when you exercise. And so I think that those are three really big things and journaling gives you that piece of like dumping everything out without burdening anyone. So like you couldn't really tell your husband the things you would normally have shared with him. Um, but I love those three things that that you said really supported you on the journey. And of course, it wasn't overnight. You didn't write the journal three days and everything was fine. You, as you said, it's like five years of this. You, it's a long game. Yeah. It's yeah. harder to stay than it is to go, right? Yeah. Like, you know, people think that and it's like, oh my gosh, that's tough. Okay. And I, I mean, and here's the thing, we're talking about your part of it, right? But your husband was suffering too. And we didn't even get into like doctor's appointments and medication and medical bills, right? So, I mean, that's like this other monster. So I, I hate to even think it gets uglier than this, but tell us the ugly part. Well, I mean, if I'm going to take the ugly part right down to a single moment, it was the day my husband got sick. My life was never the same. His life was never the same. And it was, it was devastating. It was, it, I had been through some pretty devastating moments in my life already. And I didn't think I would go through worse and it was worse. And, um, I think there's a really important reflection for me in that. Again, I've already kind of mentioned this, but that it, we are in flux and things do change, but that was really hard to see in that moment in time. And I look back on that experience now and I think about all of the moments of beauty that existed in and around that. Can I share one short story with you? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, of course. So, you know, it was probably eight months, eight or 10 months after my husband's, uh, husband's injury that, um, we were falling short in Canada with the healthcare system. The neurologists were giving up on him. The hospitals were giving up on him. Nobody could find out what was going on. There was no support. 
And so I started looking elsewhere. I started looking to different hospitals in the US, different kind of like neurological teams. And I found this team in Portland, Oregon, that uh, we're doing some 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 new kind of neurofunctional treatments to help people recover from concussions and memory loss. They'd actually worked with Sidney Crosby when he had the concussion and had really good uh, results with him. And so uh, I contacted them and I was like, hey, there's this little girl up here from Canada and I have this thing. And they were like, oh my God. And they were fascinated, right? Obviously by my husband's story. And so we met over Zoom and we kind of went through his whole file and they were like, yeah, we we think we might be able to support him. And I was like, okay, how much? Because yeah. <laughs> now we're in the US and it was a 14 day intensive treatment for $25,000 US. So we're now eight months into a loss of a salary. I'm thinking things like, should we sell a car? Do we need to sell our house? I don't know. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there looking at this potential treatment to help Chris and it's 25,000. It's not 25,000. It's way more than that for me in Canada. I can't even remember what the conversion was. It was stupid. It was like $35,000 anyway. Um, so I remember I went back and I talked to him and I told him and I said, you know, like if we do this, we're going to be in debt and you know, we might have to sell some things and, but I think we should try it because I don't want to live my life saying we didn't try, we didn't try for you. And so we decided to go. And we went to Portland and while we were in Portland, unbeknownst to us, the entire hospitality organization rallied to pay for his treatment. So they had bottle drives, they had bake sales, uh, photographers did free photo shoots, they did yoga classes. I don't even know, Cammie. I don't even know. I came home and they handed me the money to pay for his treatment. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? Like, it was just, it was incredible. And, you know, looking back on that, you know, the, the ugly, that was the ugliest moment, but so much beauty came out of it. And yeah, I'm like getting emotional <laughs> now, but it was, I can't even, I don't even know that I was ever able to properly express the gratitude that I feel towards those people. I had never had any expectation of anything like that. My, it was my job to take care of them. And they in turn took care of us. And it was that is really impactful. Well, and you know, that's the power of teamwork, but it's also the power of amazing leadership. Because when the leader goes down, that's where the team gets to show how great the leader was. And that that's really that really speaks highly of you and your husband and the organization that you built, that they stepped up and they did that because they learn those things from you. And it's it's that is amazing that they did that. That's so generous. And what a gift of love uh, to be able to. I mean, that's like, you, you know, you're emotional now. That's a gift that never stops giving because that showed you this whole other side. And like you said, it was the beauty in in the devastation. It's like the beauty rising from the ashes. Yes. 
Oh my goodness. Well, hopefully they'll listen to this interview and they'll get to hear. Yes. How grateful. And I love your little gratitude sign behind you on the shelf. I I haven't stopped seeing it since I got on here with you. And I absolutely love that. And I can, I can hear it in your voice and I can feel it in your energy, how grateful you are. And, you know, I've been through this whole conversation. I just keep thinking, you know, if this was the place that you were supposed to go to, would you have ever gone there on your own had this tragedy not happened? Well, I don't know. I you know. know. Probably not, which is super sad because I am so grateful for where I am right now. Like, I know. So and sometimes we have to be taken to our knees in order to actually be redirected to the life we're supposed to live. And I, and what really screamed at me was what you said about your husband all of a sudden he's like got this creative thing going on and like that stuff was in him and and it was this this uh event that brought that out of him and then you had this total pivot that I mean I just have to ask the question like would you have ever like jump ship and gone in this other direction and and probably not because that's scary but yeah. it's and and it's scary when it is forced but you but when it's forced it's like you don't have a choice yeah what what a journey Oh my gosh, Allie. What? And it's so inspiring. It's no, no doubt here that, or question of why your, your business is the inspired leader. You have such an inspirational story. And every time you share it, you're inspiring millions and millions of people and you're making a huge impact. And I mean, what else is there when you have to go through devastation like that? The only joy of it is being able to help other people because of it. And here you are nailing it. And I just am so grateful to know you. I'm so, so honored to have you here to tell your story and to share you with our listeners. And I know that you've been face down on the ground more than once. So we're just going to tell our listeners now. That wherever they are in their life or their business or their relationship or their health, wherever they are, if they're face down on the ground right now, they got to get back up. Tell them, Allie. Yeah, <laughs> you get back up. <laughs> just get back. You can't even think about it. You don't get to count to five. You don't get to. You just get back up because it's so deceiving. You feel like you can't do it. You feel like you said you couldn't even get out of the car. You feel like you can't do it. But we're here to tell you that you can. You can get back up, that these things don't last forever. And there's something beautiful coming It's just going to be painful, but you guys, you can do anything. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at cammylehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.